This is the Transmission Times. Yesterday I went for a walk with my daughter and my two grandchildren. They took their bikes and we went on to a large open space. My granddaughter said to me, Granny, I want to go to the cafe. And I had to say, well, sorry, the cafes aren't open now. And she said, oh, it's not fair. I wish that virus never happened. When our country was on a toilet paper shortage during COVID-19, I was concerned about our toilet paper supply in the house. And every time I went to the store to buy food, I would look in the toilet paper aisle to see if there was any more, and there wasn't. And we were getting down to our last rolls. So each day I would get in the van and drive back out to town, even if toilet paper were the only thing I was looking for. And so I said to my little six-year-old boy, well, mommy's going into town to scope out the toilet paper situation again. And he said to me, okay, but don't buy that soft, fluffy kind. And I asked him, oh, why not? He said, no, I don't like bears touching my toilet paper. They're adjusting. She's got a tiny pink bicycle with a basket on the front. And in it was her bottle of water and a little pot of hand sanitizer, which she used about three times during our walk. And uh, another situation was when I said to my daughter, who is 13 years old, honey, the whole world has gone crazy. And she said to me in her sarcastic tone, oh, mom, don't worry. There's no way it could possibly get any worse. I'm feeling really uneasy about, as a teacher, the idea of going back to school even in a hybrid model, feels especially risky right now because I'm in California and the cases are going up. We'll know a little more soon, but right now I just feel anxious, angry, like teachers don't matter. My primary relationship with people is now two-dimensional and flat. It takes place on laptop, screen, iPhone, via talk or text, and email. When I think about the friends and people in my family I keep in touch with virtually, I envision them differently than I did before the pandemic. They've receded in a strange way, faded, become a special COVID version of ghosts. Not that I necessarily expected everything to stop, but I think I've just been really impressed by how much life just continues. I mean, just me personally. I bought a new to me car. My boss quit. I have a new boss. I'm changing housemates and also meeting new people and starting a relationship. I guess it's not unexpected that life moves on, but I think it's also kind of maybe comforting in a way. Then there's the undertow, a unique COVID tension that has become both familiar and a thing I'm often in denial about. This part of this new life is not lessened in intensity. In some ways, it continues to grow, strengthen, as the political, social, financial, and health situation in the world outside my confinement worsens. It gnaws away at me, wears me, and then wears me down, and I have a day or part of a day when I struggle, find little meaning, and realize how profound the pandemic is, how challenging, how many layers it has, brutal strength, even for those of us who are clear of the actual virus. This dark undertow is also the virus, and as we try hard to keep above the water, live as well and as healthy and safe as possible, 
Our psychological immune systems are challenged. Everyone's comfort level seems to be different now that some restrictions are easing. I think when this started, more people were staying in and we had to stay in because there was a formal word from DC that we were all supposed to be in lockdown. But now that there's fewer restrictions, I think what I find really interesting is that it really runs the gamut in terms of how people are approaching their lives. One of the people I work with keeps talking about when this is all over, we're going to do this and we'll have this celebration and I'm hoping for this. I see people at restaurants and people are flying. Some people are going on vacations. I find myself just taking one step at a time in the here and now. I don't generally think of myself as a person who lives in the moment, but I have found that the pandemic is too big and too overwhelming for me to actually think about, except as in how do I act in this moment today. I'm still not going out very often. I'm still only seeing only my closest friends and people, and then just being really socially distanced and responsible about it. Somebody else I know has just gotten tired of not socializing and started to push her envelope of what she'll consider acceptable risk. I've been looking for new roommates, and it's been interesting interviewing people because you have to find people who are kind of on the same page as you. Met a lovely guy who lived in D.C., and he seemed like a potentially great roommate, too. And then he was just like, but I have this job downtown, and I'll be taking the metro to get there. And it was like, I'm not comfortable with that. It's really hard. It leads to awkward conversations. I am fascinated by how we all perceive the situation differently and make our choices. Some of us, 25%, I believe, believe it's a conspiracy that somebody has engineered to throw the world into chaos. And so that's another way to perceive what's happening to us, which has been so catastrophically disruptive. I didn't expect all of the emotions, the roller coaster, the feeling one minute like you are cooperating just so wonderfully with the world. You are participating in something beautiful in a uniting of people from across the world. Everyone's just hunkering down, protecting the vulnerable, being one and sacrificing. Finally, people were putting themselves aside, their egos aside, and doing something good for the greater good. I've finally seen why we should be wearing masks. I was listening on Saturday night to a podcast where the head of the CDC was being interviewed, and he said that if every American would just wear a mask every time they're out in public, then we could 
pretty much eliminate coronavirus in, I think he said, six to ten weeks. And the reason everyone needs to wear a mask all the time is because it's the people who are asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic. In other words, they don't know that they've got it, who are emitting virus and infecting other people. Okay, suddenly now I understand. I thought you had to wear a mask in order to protect yourself breathing it in, and it didn't seem to make sense because there were so many other ways in which one could come into contact with it. But if it's more of that kind of social reciprocity, we have to look after everyone else just in case we have it and we don't know yet. I get that. Here in Romania, I noticed in small stores, some people don't even wear a mask anymore. Or the clerk, I think it's called, they don't wear a mask. And in the big stores, they still do. You cannot enter without a mask and they take your temperature at the entrance. The message about masks is not working in my part of Maine. At that transfer station, not one of the operatives was wearing a mask. And only a small minority of the residents who were dumping their trash and recycling were wearing masks. I would love to see the mask message get out there because I would love to see this whole thing be over in eight to ten weeks. And if I were a praying man, I would be praying for that to happen. And then I also, in the next breath, would feel like we are all a bunch of idiots. Why is this even a problem? It's basically the flu. Like, what the heck? It's ridiculous. We all need to get it. We all need to build up the immunity. And guess what? If that means that I have to risk my life and die, then that's what happens. Do I want to die of coronavirus? Absolutely not. I don't want anyone else to die. But this is stupid. And we need to just stop being big babies. I noticed in myself that I do judge people based on if they wear a mask or not. I'm not too fond of them when I see them going into the store without a mask. I feel like a total jerk when I don't wear my mask because I'm done. I had a moment at two weeks postpartum where I was sitting on the couch and introducing my baby to people through the freaking window. And I said, you know what? I can only do one thing pandemic or postpartum, but I cannot and I will not do both for my own sanity. I can't. It will break me. I already felt broken. So I took it upon myself to soothe this judging reflex by seeing them as their human being. They're complex. They have a history and even if I don't agree with their decision, doesn't mean that they're like an evil person. So I chose postpartum and I said, F you pandemic. And I, <laughs> I invited people over and I said, forget the window, come in the house. Don't wear a mask. Just hold my baby and give me a hug. Asking people if they were hugging, like that was a weird thing. The people who I was inviting at that point were close friends and family, so they know I'm going to hug them, and it would just be natural to hug them. And all of a sudden, it was like, are you hugging? Am I hugging? Can we hug each other? Can you hold my baby? Do you want to hold my baby? Do you have coronavirus? Do I have coronavirus? You know, it's just, it was just weird. The dynamic of friendships and relationships and families just 
changed all of a sudden and through no fault of our own we had no control over it as i was running today i was thinking about when will that moment be where i will feel like things are back to normal again because there will be i think a moment i hope so much that there is a moment where I will be doing something and presumably I'll be with people and I will feel like it's sort of spring metaphorically like things are becoming okay and becoming normal and I hope I get this moment I don't know if it will be when I get on an airplane or maybe when I give somebody a hug or I'm surrounded by multiple people and I'm not afraid of getting sick and I can relax. Maybe it will be when I get to go to a concert again. Maybe it will be at a backyard party where I feel like I can share food with people and be comfortable. I don't know what it will be. But I really hope that I and basically everybody else on this planet gets to have that moment where they feel like things are okay. Right now I feel like it's just one big holding your breath moment, but looking forward to at some point and very curious about what that end of pandemic moment will be. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Barbara, Sue, Brian, Anna, Laura, Joan, Karen, Amanda, and Christina, whose voices are coming to you from Maine, Minnesota, California, Washington, D.C., New Hampshire, the U.K., and Romania. Since the beginning of lockdown, the Transmission Times has been collecting audio diaries from people like you. But there are stories we haven't heard. If you'd like to submit your story, we'd love to hear from you. You can submit in one of two ways. You can call our phone number, 847-354-4163, and leave a voicemail. Or you can record your audio diary on your smartphone and email it to us at transmissiontimes at gmail.com. All submissions will be kept for the archive, and as many as possible will make it onto the podcast. For more information and that email and phone number again, you can visit our website, transmissiontimes.org slash join. Thank you. The Transmission Times is created by me, Katie Semro. Where we've all been.